Welcome back to the podcast, Ramiumptum Ruminations. My name is Scott, and I'm the host. Today's episode is called A Few Responses to New Listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is my first time recording after the collaboration with uh, John DeLynn on the Mormon Stories podcast, discussing uh, the episode I did with Brian Harris uh, back in September of 2022, for those off in the future. After that episode aired, I have gotten a number of new listeners to the podcast, and so so today I wanted to do another responses episode. Uh, so for for those of you that are new, once a quarter, some you know maybe twice a year, I pick some of the comments that stood out to me the most, and I directly respond to them on the podcast. Some of them are uh, condemnations of me. Some of them are are really thoughtful criticisms of some of the comments that I've made, and. My favorite part of doing the podcast is this uh, interaction between you know podcaster and listener, and so I like to highlight some of my favorite comments and then do a response to them. So this uh, there's not going to be a huge theme um, tying all of these together. We're kind of going to jump from idea to idea. I also want to say happy holidays to y'all out there. This episode will release on December nineteenth, a uh, week before Christmas of. 2022. So happy holidays. Stay safe. Have a great time out there. Eh, maybe I'll say a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. Again, I have to apologize. <laughs> I think some of the listeners, or at least I had hyped it up a little bit. Um, I was going to continue discussing the devil and the problem of evil. Um, that will have to come for next week. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm going to push that back just a little bit more. And then we'll talk about um, some of the episodes that I've teased in, in the previous ones. So the first comment I want to respond to was um, on YouTube and it was uh, <laughs> it was talking about my bring my mentioning mental health and being medicated for depression, ADHD, that sort of thing. And this listener, Apologia Mixer, they had this to say about uh, me bringing up my mental health. And here's the quote. So people who use Dungeons and Dragons and Harry Potter as a reference point are supposed to be reliable witnesses for Christ? No wonder this guy has mental problems. We would suggest he has demonic problems and needs deliverance. I got a good kick out of this comment because it feels straight out of the satanic panic from when I was a kid. I know I'm responding to this guy that will probably never listen to the episode. Here's, here's what I would say to him. And I did, re I did reply um, briefly on the YouTube page, and this is what I said, but I, I, I want to say a little bit more. This, is, this was my response to him. And there was another, there was another listener that responded and kind of had a back and forth with them. But my response was this. An attack on my, mental on my mental health based on my interests and hobbies? That's not very neighborly of you. I suggest you sit with other humans and listen to them and their stories before offering judgment. Have a great day. I'm 
pretty upfront with this, but I'm a huge nerd in my personal life. There was, um, I mentioned it in, in the Mormon Stories episode, but I've got, you know, figurines around my office of miniatures that I've painted myself. And that tall neck that was in the background is a huge Lego figure that I built with my son this last Father's Day. It was a blast. Anyway, I, <laughs> I'm a pretty nerdy guy. The impression I get from this is that this this commenter doesn't know much about mental health and they're coming from a frame of reference that uh, is not informed on the subject. I guess I can come to the, to the table with a little compassion for them. In response to this D&D chat, I mentioned that I play D&D in the episode um, in the episode that I collaborated with Kaisa Berlin Kafusi. This was episode 74, Speak of the Devil and He Shall Appear. I had a great commenter mention D&D and it sparked a really fun discussion. This uh, this commenter named Steven said, I had a friend growing up who went went and talked to his bishop after our friend group started playing D&D just to make sure that it was okay. <laughs> That's so funny to me. And then another another listener piggybacked on this and she said, Catherine said, I met my husband when he was not a member. And when he told me that in high school, he had played a lot of D&D. I was shocked that his parents had been okay with that. And I worried that he enjoyed it. I thought he had been lucky to escape playing that game without having become corrupted. <laughs> so for any listeners on the fence, let me explain what Dungeons and Dragons is in the most simple terms that I can. Dungeons and Dragons is collaborative storytelling where dice determine how the story plays out. That's it. It's just making up a story with your friends and rolling some dice to see if good things happen to your characters or bad things happen to your characters. Anyway, it's just a fun game that I've played since I was a kid and I absolutely love it. I want to bring up some pushback I received from a recent episode. Again, this is from my discussion with John. There was a listener who called me out for being ageist and I completely agree with them. I made some blanket statements about generations, octogenarians, nonagenarians specifically, that these people are out of touch. And that was not fair of me. And so I, I want to publicly say thank you for calling me out. And I will try my hardest to use better language in the future. There were multiple commenters talking about losing faith at um, losing faith in their 60s and, and so on. I don't want to come off as saying that all people from these generations are blinded to current world problems. So um, I apologize for that, and I will try and use more informed language in the future. I'm going to read two comments that I think are so fascinating, and they take dramatically opposing ideas on a subject, and this sort of thing is just so fun for me. So anytime I get new listeners or when people encounter my podcast, they listen to my tone and they make a judgment based on my approach. And I get a variety of different responses to that. And so I kind of want to highlight two of them that I think are just so fascinating. One of them comes from Reddit and one and the other one comes from YouTube. So the first one on YouTube, I'll read this. It says, I'm tired of people on this program priding themselves on choosing their words carefully so as to not offend believers. I've been doing this my whole life, downplaying my true beliefs and tempering my comments so that none of the believing people around me gets upset. None of those believing people ever return the favor. 
they have always been confident in asserting their certainty over their beliefs over mine. Why must the non-believers always be compromising and withholding their real thoughts? Enough with the mealy-mouthed apologists for pointing out the obvious and expressing common sense. This, this idea, I think, is, is valid. If you listen to the episode, John and I kind of had a little back and forth early on where he and I do have dramatically different approaches. And I was trying to say that that's okay. I think there's a space for people to be upset. I think there's a space for people to be angry and, and joke about these things. You know, I, we mentioned roller skating in your temple garments. You know, there's, there's a space for humor and frustration and anger. But I think there also should be a space for the approach that I'm setting. And I want to read a comment that I received on the on Reddit from a different episode that is the exact opposite view of this one. And I think they juxtapose each other really well. This comment comes from Devil's Ravioli. <laughs> Great name. This was in response to my episode with Patrick Mason. And this, this listener said, Great episode. I enjoyed the conversation on knowing when and how to make corrections on what may be considered controversial comments in Sunday school. The process Patrick outlined takes practice to master. Funny enough, you have seconds to figure out whether you interject. Patrick does have the capital to make these kind of comments, but he is wary of rocking the boat. Those who have disassociated themselves from the church can learn a lot from what Patrick taught us. We are often brash and confrontational with information we have, we have come to learn. Like Patrick taught, patience is the key. Do not become the stereotypical exmo raging about supposed truth claims. Like Dieter taught us, take advantage of normal and natural circumstances to share what you have learned and why you feel the way you do about the church. Other methods will drive others away. Save the raging for Reddit. <laughs> Don't use it on your loved ones. When they go low, we go high. I responded to them on the Reddit and said, this encapsulates my approach to the podcast so well. I'm trying so hard to be a safe space for doubters to explore ideas without pressure to leave or make certain conclusions because I said so. It's a hard balance to find. Thank you for your comment. And then Devil's Ravioli replied, what you're doing is hard, but well appreciated. I like to believe you're establishing a natural, a neutral foundation for productive dialogue. By adding Patrick to your resume, you'll hopefully attract more believers onto your podcast. We need more Bennett-esque attitudes in the podcast realm. Every podcast attracts a unique crowd. Thank you for creating this space. I absolutely love that two listeners can listen to what I have to say and come to a dramatically different conclusion about me and about my podcast or some of the ideas that I present. I love it. So thank you for commenting. I have chosen a neutral tone for the way I present information. And at times I do share my opinion and it can be disparaging of the leaders, the leadership of the church and the, perhaps the organization of the church. But when I'm talking about an individual I always try and come to the table with compassion. One of my favorite takeaways from the conversation I had with Patrick Mason was when I asked him if he self-identified as an apologist, this aspect of the discussion was so amazing for me. And, and I think this, this question that I'm going to pose right here is something that we can all look at and try and um, understand when we're talking or dealing with a human being that, that we might disagree with. Coming from the outside, you know, an ex-Mormon 
disparaging or talking about the church or the truth claims and trying to tear things down or trying to de- deconstruct religion. You know, I could look at an apologist and say, oh, that every aspect of Patrick as a, as a human is this apologist. But, and this is, you know, maybe something that uh, the listeners can try as well, but I like to think of, of people sitting down eating breakfast in the morning and, and thinking, how would this other human identify or self-identify while they're sitting there eating breakfast with their family? And thinking about, you know, thinking about an apologist or Patrick Mason sitting there with his family in the morning. In that moment, he's identifying as a father or as a husband or in these other roles that he fills in his life. And so this brief discussion that we had in our chat, I feel like really opened up the way that we can view this individual as a human. Because yeah, sometimes he goes on, he puts his apologist hat, he writes a book like Planted, but then at other times, he, and especially while he's at work, he's discussing these same concepts, but through a secular lens instead of a religious one. When we can look at another human as being multifaceted like that, I think it's a step in the right direction for seeing them as a whole person rather than just in one aspect of them. And this kind of you know relates back to this the this other comment that I was addressing you know about my depression being linked to my hobbies. This person is only seeing me in one aspect. He's not seeing the full picture of who I am as a human. Because yeah, you know I I play Dungeons and Dragons every other week with my friends, and we post as I said I've said previously we post an episode of our Dungeons and Dragons podcast every week. It's called 12-Sided Guys, and we're having a blast. That element of who I am as a person is only a couple hours every other week. That's not the entirety of who I am as a person. The same thing can be said with, with this podcast. You know, the Some of the listeners might only be exposed to Scott as the Ramiumptum Ruminations podcaster. But again, this is only an hour or two an episode of work for me, and it is not something I think about all the time. But for some people, this is the only exposure they have to me as a human being. I had, uh, <laughs> had a fun experience recently with uh, a listener. He invited me to play some games with him on the PlayStation 5. And we got together, we played Overwatch, and it was a blast. I actually, such a small world, one of his mutual friends was actually a, a friend of mine from another circle in my life. And bumping into each other playing Overwatch it's one of those just such a small world moment. We're both talking over our headsets and he says, uh, Scott, can you, can you talk again? Your voice is really familiar. And I start talking and he's like, Oh, I know who you are. And we had, you know, one of those great moments of, of wait a minute, like, you know, this person, I know that person. And anyway, it was a, it was a great exchange. Part of the way I try and look at people is, is influenced heavily on that Mr. Rogers neighborly approach. And when we can look at another human being as multifaceted, I think that's a step in the right direction. Tangentially sticking on this same subject, there was a commenter on the recent episode with Patrick Mason that, uh, that mentioned this, and this was, uh, her name was Savannah. Thank you for this. Also, nice to hear from someone who teaches from my alma mater. I guess I would call myself a disenchanted Mormon. I'm no longer active as of almost a year and have no desire to return to activity. My family members who I interact with the most outside of my home don't know this. We will see my side of the family next week. 
This discussion was very helpful for me in how to navigate those difficult discussions if and when they arise. Thank you again. This episode was very meaningful for me at this time. I hope that some of the discussion that we had during this episode with Patrick was helpful to uh, pattern the way you could respectfully disagree with someone or how to navigate what to say and what not to say. One of the key things that I took away and that I really appreciated that Patrick said was to always stand up for other humans, whatever the issue might be, to, to stand up for for humans, no matter what. But if it's a matter of doctrine or policy, that might be something that you decide what to respond, when to respond, how to respond. It's it's delicate. Every family is a little bit different and, and nobody's perfect. Um, I am definitely not great at communicating with my own family, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying and I hope to get better at it eventually. The last comment I'm going to respond to was from a few weeks ago. This was the episode where I was addressing some of my mental health problems and the reason that I took a break. And uh, this listener, I'm not sure that they listened to the episode, but they left a comment and it was a little disparaging. So let's let's read this and, and see what they had to say. This person's name was Hayden. And this is a quote from my episode description. They uphold the idea that the problem of suffering only exists outside of the faith. Then this is outside quotations. There are rumors about the church that make sense, but this bears no evidence whatsoever. It does support a theory that the people who are most unhappy with the church are those who have little or no understanding of it. And I think that is a huge claim that he's making, that the people that are most unhappy with it are those who have little or no understanding of it. When for me, you know, maybe this is different for everybody, but for me, the more I understood about the church, the more unhappy I was with it. The more I learned about church history, the more I learned about the operation of the modern church today, the better I understood the institution, the worse it appeared in my mind. I want to push back a little bit on this commenter because my perception of things is the exact opposite of what they're saying. It's funny to me that behind this mask of anonymity, of just being a, a faceless name on the internet, that someone could say something like this and then have no, but have no evidence to back it up and no real desire for a discussion to understand each other. So I'm just going to leave it at that. It might be something worthwhile to discuss with somebody like a Patrick Mason down the road where, you know, we could ask the question, you know, as we learn more about the church, does it have a better image or a worse image? And what implications might that have? As I said, I, I suspect this person did not listen to the episode. And that's just fine. During the live stream of the episode on Mormon Stories, there was a listener, don't remember the username, but they had a criticism of me. To them, I appeared fake. This listener didn't say why I sounded fake why I sound fake to them or come off as fake to them. So I don't really have a concrete criticism really to address here. But the response that I gave them during the live stream is what I'll, what I'll say here. As this person was um, saying over and over many times, actually, that I appeared fake and that they didn't like my podcast or the things that I'm doing. My response to them was this, that I don't need to appeal to everyone 
that isn't the goal. I recognize that there will be many people who don't like me. There will be, there will be people who really don't like me or they're frustrated with the tone that I set, as from some of the previous comments that we mentioned. I have zero expectation that I will appeal to every single listener out there. And that's okay. So for the listeners that might maybe made it this far, 79 episodes in, and you just finally are done with me because I'm too fake for you, that's great. Go find a podcast that resonates with you and have a great life. So I know earlier in the episode, I said that next week we'll be diving into, (laughs) I'm sorry to do this, we'll be diving into the problem of evil again. There won't be a new YouTube episode. I'm going to post onto my podcast, a rebroadcast of the episode on Mormon stories. So there won't be a new YouTube episode next week. Or if you've already listened to the Mormon stories episode, there won't be a new episode for the listeners that way. But I just, I'd like to get it onto my podcast feed so that it's, so that I have a record of it. And then it's kind of in a list of, of, uh, of the episodes that I've worked on rather than getting buried in the stream of, of Mormon stories episodes. He puts out so much content. I, I cannot fathom producing as much content as John does. It's kind of incredible. For those listening as it, as it comes out, it's the, it's the holidays. It's a, a fun time of year to get together with family and to spend time with those that you love. But for those of us in this realm of religious deconstruction, either nuanced or post-members of the church, we find ourselves in very tricky situations. And we're faced with delicate conversations with our families. And I don't think any of us really wants to alienate or to, to offend our families. But the, the delicate aspect of this is that if we speak our truth, if we let them know how we feel or how we view the church, we'll offend them and it will damage the relationship, sometimes irreparably. It's a really hard time for so many of us. We go into these holiday seasons and it's a reminder of the way that we used to view the world, the worship of Jesus or the celebrations in church. It's all a reminder of a person that we used to be, but we're no longer that person. So it can be a sad time and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel sad and sorry for for the loss of, of your belief. Be kind to yourself this holiday season. And maybe the best way to interact with family is to not interact with them. Maybe, it, maybe this is the year that you tell them how you feel. Or maybe it's next year. Or maybe this year you don't see them. Maybe you save that for next year. Everybody's circumstances are different, and, and this, this time of year can get really complicated. I wish you all the best this holiday season, whatever that looks like for you. So wherever you find yourself out there, Late night wrapping Christmas presents for the kids, hoping that they don't wake up and realize that you're the ones putting the presents under the tree and not some unnamed red-robed figure. I hope that you have an excellent day. <laughs>